Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Hi, welcome. My name is Brendan. A lot of people know me as Bren, and we're super thankful that you're here. Uh, I just wanted to say, start off that I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be a part of this young adults team actually putting on this service. It's been on the heart of, of Coastline for such a long time that this young adults service is run by young adults for young adults. Um, if you are outside of that demographic, that's okay, and you are welcome here, uh, but just wanted to notify that. But we're, we're really excited for what the season holds. As much as I mourn Lucas every single day and cry over my decaf iced Americano in, in, in memory of him, um, we're super excited. He preached his first message last week, actually, um, and I think everything's going great, but I did hear he left his, uh, his winter coat in Kelowna, so uh, pray for him and the potential of frostbite because it's like, what, negative 35 there? Any Kelowna? No, any Saskatoonites out there? Cool, that's right. You're in the promised land. You're here. Um, but we are so happy that you're here and that you're joining us. Um, all right, it's January 21st. Fun fact, I was supposed to speak this message like two weeks ago, but that's totally okay too. Things change. Um, but it's January 21st. So does anybody, like, is anyone big on New Year's resolutions? Okay. The type of people to speak up are those type of people. Okay, if you, how about, how about if you, it's the 21st, do you still have that New Year's resolution? That's, that's the bigger question. Okay, it goes a little bit quick. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I, I, I wish I could be one of those people. I, I adore you if you are a New Year's resolution person, but I just like, I've learned my limitations. I've tried and I just like, I couldn't do it. I'm like, it's January 1st, but it's like you were up until midnight the night before or something like that. You gotta get your sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm 25 now, I gotta get at least eight hours or else I'm like, I'm gonna be a mess the next day, okay. Um, but I had this dream and it's been a dream for a long time that I wanted to be a runner, okay. And like, here's the thing, I grew up playing sports, that's fine, you have an objective, you have a goal of some sort. Um, the thing with running is you go from point A to point B, that's about it. And then sometimes you go back to point A. Um, you try and do it a little bit faster and a little bit faster every single time. And I had this dream for a long time. Um, but finally I was like, not this January, because why would I do that? In October, that's when my New Year's resolutions typically start throughout the year. Um, but in October, I was like, okay, you know what, Brent? Let's just do it. You're going to be a runner. This is, this is going to be you, man. This is like, you're going to have the hat. You're like going to go get the shoes. So I go into a running store and I was like, I'm going to get a pair of shoes. I'm gonna be honest, when you get there, it is so intimidating. There's like 150 different pairs of shoes on the wall. First off, I just wanna pick like what color and like what feel I like. I'm like, they're like, is that good for you? I'm like, yeah, I can really feel it on my knees. Um, it's just squishy, I don't know. Um, and then finally, once I pick a pair that I like, they're like, well, what kind of running are you gonna do? Like trail, road, marathons, half marathons? I'm like, I'm gonna start with like two kilometers and kind of work my way up from there. Um, so they're like, oh, so you should go to the other section. I was like, no, 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 I like, I need the professionals. Come on, cut, cut me a little slack here. 
So I have this dream. I'm like, okay, I got the shoes, and then I'm about to check out, and they're like, well, you get 50% off running socks. I'm like, running socks? Those are a thing? So I'm like, obviously, I'm, I'm a runner now. I, gotta, I buy the socks, obviously. And then I get home, and all right, I'm getting ready. I put on the shorts, find the right shirt, zip up the right jacket, and then all of a sudden, headphones, headphones, where are the headphones? I don't know where they are, okay? I was in North Carolina for my brother's wedding. I got back, gone. So I quickly have to rip out, buy some headphones, obviously. Uh, I love the wired ones because they don't die on you. Um, so I went to London Drugs to buy some wired headphones. Apparently, they don't sell those anymore. So I bought some Bluetooth ones. I'm like, all right, I gotta get this going. Finally buy some Bluetooth ones. They're not charged, okay? They didn't come charged. Nobody told me that. I opened up an iPhone 4 in 2012 on Christmas Day and it was charged. Shout out to Santa, but um, I was expecting that these headphones would be charged. So now I'm at home, I gotta charge, my, charge the new little headphones, and then I'm finally like getting the right playlist ready. I step outside, everything's charged, everything's ready to go, shoes on, raining, like torrential downpour, classic Victoria. But I'm like, it's only gonna last 15 minutes, then it's gonna hail, and then it's gonna be sunny. I know it's 9 p.m. at night, but that's just Victoria for you. And then finally I get to the bottom of my hill. I'm like trying to set my pace. And I was like, you know what, Bren? If you're gonna be a runner, you should be tracking yourself. So I like start looking at all the apps. Any runners actually in the room that have a good app? Strava, okay. I checked out all these different things. I downloaded three different ones and then landed on Strava and then I had to make an account. I'm at the bottom of the hill, have this dream to be a runner. And I'm getting ready to go. Finally, I have this app, I'm tracking myself, but only when the app's open. Uh, and then I start running, and I get about 10 minutes into the run, and I'm just, this is hard, man. Like, this is not easy. Why do people do this? Like, they're like, oh yeah, after like the 12th kilometer, you get the runner's high? That's a myth. I don't think that's real. Um, but, so I finally, I finally got, thought, like, I had this dream, did everything that I needed to do to like set it up and make it perfect, and then finally I, I started to get into a routine. Two weeks later, um, I'm a 25-year-old with some really bad knees, and I decided to sprain my knee again playing hockey, and then boom, dream dead. So I haven't, I haven't run since, so I'm, I'm looking to get back into it. Uh, if you're a knee student, if you could tell me how to stretch my knee, that would be great. I don't know, there's tendons in there and muscles, but, but the thing is with the story and how ridiculous it is about my running career, which is kind of important, but the thing is, is how often do we actually do this with our dreams, with our callings, with the things that we have placed on our lives? Whenever we have this dream, it needs to look a certain and perfect way. Whenever we feel like we need to be somebody else or we need to step into something else, we always feel as though like, okay, I got the headphones, I got the socks, I got my Bible, I got everything I need. And as soon as it starts, we're like, okay, now I can finally go. So by the time that you wanted to start into the time that you actually started, a lot of times already passed by. And then on top of that, you're met by opposition, you're met by the rain, you're met by the wind, you're met by the confirmation email on the stupid app, and it's just so annoying. And then you forget your, anyways. But how often do we actually do this with our dreams? And then you get met by the opposition or you sprain your knee. It's better now, thanks. Um, and then that dream dies and it goes away. Whether that's a dream, whether that's a calling, whether that's an idea that you have for yourself, for your community, for relationships that you have. And you just kind of let these things fall away and die. 
it, it's so easy because this, this world is so go, 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 go that we just get so caught up in it. It's like, okay, that thing passed. Maybe I'll mourn it for a second, but I gotta keep going. I gotta keep, keep up with everything that's going on. So today, we're gonna be talking about a guy named Lazarus. Can you say Lazarus? Great, now I can sip my water, thanks. Um, you can turn to John 11. Uh, there's a little Bible right in front of you. It's an NIV version. And uh, I got one too. See, matching. All right, John 11. So basically, I'm going to kind of summarize and then jump to verse, verse 32. So basically, Lazarus is sick. Jesus and his disciples are somewhere else, and word gets to him. One of my favorite parts is it actually doesn't say how the word got to him. I'm like wondering if it was just like passed through people through like miles and miles or if they had carrier pigeons. I'd love to know. If you know, please tell me. Um, but Lazarus is sick. Word gets to Jesus and the disciples. The disciples are like, yo, let's go. Let's get going. And Jesus is like, no, it's okay. We got some stuff to do here. And then they end up waiting two days. After those two days, they're like, all right, let's go see Lazarus. So finally they travel to Lazarus. And in verse 17, on his arrival... Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles to Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So Martha and Mary, they were here. They were alongside Lazarus this whole time. And they knew Jesus. They knew what he was capable of. He, they knew that he had healed the blind. They knew the amazing, miracle, miraculous works that he had done. So they had called to him and like, Jesus, we need you. Lazarus is sick. By the time that Jesus actually finally gets there, he's, he's dead. He's deceased. He's in the tomb. Everything's been prepped. Everything's been ready. What's done has already been done. And so it's been left that way. And he finds them mourning and they actually question. They're like, if you were here earlier, why, you could have saved him. Where were you? And then he says, he will rise again. And then in verse 32, it says this. When Mary reached the place where, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And in verse 35, Jesus wept. So it's kind of this big scene here. Finally, Jesus gets there, and then they're going, Jesus, where have you been? Like, something bad happened. Aren't you supposed to be the good? Aren't you supposed to fix things? Aren't you supposed to be the healer? And he's like, where have you laid him? Bring him to me. And then when they bring him to this place, it says Jesus wept. And there's two, two small notes that I want to make here. And one, I was a camp counselor when I was 16, and we had to do a memory verse. And this is, in fact, the shortest verse in the Bible, which is great for a memory verse. But more importantly, this verse shows the humanity, the heart, and the love, and the compassion that our God has for each and every single one of us. I hope you hear that and that you know that. That the same God who put all the stars in the sky, who made the oceans and the mountains, also created you with great intention, with purpose, for good and not for failure. So when he saw this, when he saw Lazarus, his friend in the tomb, he wept. Bless you. <laughs> Let's keep going. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. So even them, they took note. 
Jesus loved him and cared about him so, so much. But some of them then, them then said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind, <clears throat> open the eyes of a blind man, have kept this man from dying? So Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you. Thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Something I love in this moment, not only does like, he have this, have this moment with God, but he does it for the people around him as well. He, Jesus knows what's about to happen. God knows what's about to happen. The people around him are still mourning and crying and being like, why weren't you here and blaming God and, and probably even angry with Jesus. And then he says this out loud, for God, I know what you're about to do. I know that you, you hear me. Thank you that you hear me. I'm doing this for the benefit of the people around me. And he says in a loud, booming voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So that's a pretty crazy story, actually, if you really think about it. I know, like, growing up in the church, I've probably heard it a million times. But when you actually stop, wait, and think that Jesus was in a town for two days, left a little bit later than anticipated, got there, everyone's sitting around mourning, then he simply walks up to the grave, tells him to move away the stone, and calls a dead man out. And he comes out walking. That is incredible. That is in, it, one of my favorite miracles in the Bible. And what I love so much about it is, whenever I look at this story, I always try and put myself in it. Like, I do it a lot with superhero movies, but like, the Bible's kind of more important. But if I was Lazarus in that situation, I was waiting for Jesus to show up. My friend, word had gotten to him. And he didn't come in time. But yet four days later, after Lazarus was deceased, he gets called back from the dead. And I think that we can even do that with ourselves sometimes. We can do that with our relationship with God. God, you didn't show up in this situation. Where are you? I don't believe in this. I don't believe in you. You're not worth it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort. It's not worth coming to church on a, a regular basis. Lord, you didn't show up in this area in time in my life. But the thing is, what I've seen in my own life, what I see continually in the Bible and through ministry is that God will always show up. Jesus will always be faithful. He will always show up. And the thing is, is we can have our own understanding of what we want for our timing. We can set up these plans and, and how everything that we want to look and these dreams and these ideas. But God has other plans. He has better plans. It may look different in some situations than what we may have anticipated, but it's going to be so, so much greater. Because if, if Jesus had just simply walked to heal Lazarus from being sick, maybe he just had a cold back then. Like, that's what would happen to people. But 
They've already seen that before, but they had not seen him raise a man from the dead before. So this was something completely new that, like, like uh, Adam was talking about two weeks ago with, with the man on the mat, when he jumps up and the people in the crowd say, never have we seen anything like this before. I believe that that same God, that same Jesus is doing the same thing today. That there are going to be moments in this ministry, in this year, where we're going to be saying things like, never have I seen anything like this before. And on top of that, I want to ask you, what's your tomb? What's the tomb that's getting between you and Jesus? What's your sin that's keeping you away? What's that bad habit? What's that thing that's not allowing you to get further or deeper in your relationship with God? Is it other people? Is it bad habits? Is it addiction? So a couple things to look at when, when the story of Lazarus is how, how can we actually be like him? Um, step number one, recognize where you're at. You gotta realize like when, when Lazarus heard, heard uh, Jesus' voice, he had to like, he had grave clothes on, he had bandages around his head, he probably couldn't see. He was in a big, I don't know actually how big the tomb is, maybe he could stand up, maybe he's like hunched over, but he's looking around, trying to figure out where he's at. But to actually find like the doorway and to walk out, he actually needed to know where he was at. And so, so often with ourselves, um, we, we kind of lie to ourselves. We're like, somebody, somebody will often like ask like, oh, how you doing? You're like, yeah, pretty good. Typically, I've noticed if you say pretty good, no one's gonna follow up with any other questions. If you say, yeah, good, they're like, why just good? Or like, I'm doing great. They're like, why so great? Or it's like, I'm actually not doing good. They're like, why? So if you say pretty good, people will just kind of leave it. Um, but the thing is, we end up doing that to ourselves. You're kind of checking in with yourself on the drive home. You're like, yeah, how am I actually doing? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, totally. But our life could be falling apart at our fingertips and, and we'd just be like, yeah, it's whatever. But a verse I want to touch on really quickly is Romans 6, 23, and it says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then one more in 1 John 8 to 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, he is faithful and just and will for forgive us of our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. That's kind of like a big thing to say. First off, it talks about how there is redemption in Christ, that he does love us. But on top of that, if we are lying to ourselves that like maybe we haven't made a mistake, here's, here's, here's a quick fact for you. Only Jesus was perfect, okay, we're, we're not. Like we're supposed to strive to be like him. But like if you're stuck in that perfectionist mindset, I'm sorry, it's, it's gonna hurt. And that is a hard road ahead. But if you actually understand the grace and the love and the compassion that Jesus has for you, your life is gonna be, feel so much freer. It's gonna be so much greater. And I'm excited for where that's gonna go. But on top of that, he says, if you're discrediting, if you're lying to yourself about that you are not in sin, then you're actually like disagreeing with what Jesus did on the cross for each and every single one of you. Um, and I know that kind of seems like a big thing for like when I'm driving home, like, how's my relationship with God? Yeah, it's okay. And it's like, I haven't like opened my Bible in like a year and a half or like I haven't prayed in like two weeks, but only for dinner, like that two time when you're at your parents' house for like Thanksgiving or something. But so often we need to actually take a second and be honest with where we're at. 
Uh, a, quick, a quick example of this, this one time I went hiking with, with a group of friends, and I love hiking, it's a good time. The thing is, is I always kind of get worried about being lost in the woods, it happens. Um, but this one time, I didn't look up any directions, I didn't look up how to get to the place, and it was a really cool place called Bear Beach. And uh, we parked on the side of the road, and apparently uh, these friends that I was with, I'm not gonna say their names, um, they knew a shortcut, which I was really excited for, because like, I knew one way to Bear Beach, and it was really long, but the shortcut apparently like, cut that time to like a tenth of the time. And we were carrying around, first off, we were like glamping camping. Like I don't do this very often. I'm the type of guy who like, will put a steak on a rock and put some like Ichiban seasoning on it. Look out Gordon Ramsay. Um, but like, we, we had like this huge like dinner and breakfast bag. We had this huge tub of wood. I'm just carrying around like this. And we're walking through the forest and we're walking through the forest and then there's some flagging tape, there's some pink flagging tape, there's some purple flagging tape and some yellow ones. We're following that and then all of a sudden, the people leading the pack, they turn around and they're like, yeah, I think it's that way. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I'm, I'm, try I'm trying to trust these people, okay? I'm, I'm, trusting, them, I'm trusting them with my life here. And, and finally, we, we, we find a cliffside and we kind of, climb down the cliff a little bit, and then my arm's getting cut up, and my favorite pair of hiking shorts have a big, like, slice in them, but it's okay, sewing's a thing. Um, but then we finally get to this point where we get to this cliff edge, and then we can, we can see the beach, but it's like a 30-foot drop. And, like, if it was like 25 feet, I may have, like, gone for it, but we were, like, kind of in the woods, and I was like, nah. Um, so then we got to backtrack from there, go to like the middle of the woods where we were before. We'll try the pink tape, we'll try the blue tape. We're on a cliffside that's like this, and it's like all soil, and you're like sliding down the entire thing. I know like I didn't get as much quicksand in real life as I thought I would. This is kind of like the closest thing I got to it. But I'm still like trying to hold all this stuff, and all this is happening, and finally we're just standing on the side of this cliffside, and then our friends Lee in the pack are like, yeah, we're lost. And so, thankfully enough, we were able to backtrack out, and we, we took our vehicles, and we went to Jordan River, and it was one of the most beautiful sunsets I'd ever seen. The water was super warm. I love Jordan River. If you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Um, that's not an ad. Um, but seriously, it was, it was just such a beautiful night with, with some good friends. Um, but the thing is, to get to that destination, to get to that beautiful place, we actually had to take a second to look around and although we tried and tried our hardest to try and find where we thought we wanted to go, we actually had to admit to ourselves, like, we're lost. And I think we can so often do this in our own lives, where it's like, no, I got, I got it all figured out. I got it all figured out. Yeah, once I get this degree, I'll have it all figured out. Once I get that actual job, once I get that actual co-op, I'll have it all figured out. It's going to be fine. Once I finally get those perfect running shoes, I'm going to have it all figured out. But the thing is, is you're not gonna to get to where God wants you to go until you actually admit that you're lost. So the first step to being like Lazarus and being called out of the tomb is we gotta recognize where we're at. Next, we need to recognize his voice. Because imagine if like Lazarus was dead and like I called out to him, I was like, Lazarus, get out of the tomb. He'd be, he wouldn't move, right? I'm not Jesus, I'm not God. Like Martha and Mary, I bet maybe they even tried. He was in the tomb for four days. They were at, at the side crying. But Jesus, his voice, which Lazarus already knew, he said, Lazarus, get out of that tomb. And it's my hope and it's my dream that each and every single one of you would actually be able to recognize that voice 
in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. And to do that, we need to, one, we need to know his word. We need to know what he sounds like. God's word. So read this book, know this book. And on top of that, we need to have discernment. We need to know the, what is right and what is wrong, what is from God and what is not. So we need to recognize his voice. Next, we need to respond. If Jesus is calling us out of that tomb, we need to respond. Because imagine if like, Jesus was like, Lazarus, get out of that tomb. Lazarus just like laid there. He just didn't do anything. And Jesus had already said this like with all the people. He's like, Father, I'm doing this for you and all the people so that they hear. Lazarus, get out of the tomb. And then Lazarus just doesn't move. He does like three more times and he walks in and she's like, see, I got him. And I was like, hey guys, like, ah, I'm alive again. If Lazarus didn't actually listen, if he didn't actually act, then it wouldn't have been seen the act of God that just happened right in front of these people. So we need to take action when we feel called to something, when we feel called out of that too. And not, not only that, we also need to do it in faith. It's, it's, it's easy to take action. Sometimes it's a little harder when you feel called to something to do so in faith. I remember when I first felt called to ministry. <laughs> it was actually really funny. I was, I was 12 years old, and I was at Nunez Bay Camp. Love that place. And it was actually Pastor Adam, which was on stage. And he wasn't a pastor here. He was a pastor from Up Island who had a kind of cool, like, Midwest emo haircut that, like, covered his face and, like, some stretcher earrings. And he was on stage with some garbage cans. And I remember sitting in the back and quiet little me, and I just felt God, like, placed on my heart. He's like, that's going to be you one day. I was like, nope. <laughs> like, like, yeah, maybe, but, like, that's, that's not, I got no, I got no faith in that. I'm just, a, I'm just a quiet kid who loves sitting in the back row. I grew up in, like, that balcony right there. It's very comfy, just so you guys know. Um, I may have lost, like, a crayon or two uh, up in there, but it's chill. But honestly, we, we need to take action and faith when we're called to something. To know that it, it's been said in my life so many times, and I hope you almost get annoyed by how much we say it, but God doesn't necessarily always call the equipped, but he will always, always, always equip the called. He will always, always, always equip the called. And the next thing is, we need to be okay with asking for help. Whew. Tough. The thing is, is when Jesus got there, he got some other people to move the tomb, uh, the stone away. And so often I think that we're inside of that tomb, laying there lifeless, or trying to, with our grave clothes on, trying to find maybe even the door and try and push it ourselves. That door is sometimes a little too heavy. Sometimes that, that door is not gonna move. But with the help of the people around you, with your community. This is why we, we intentionally push small groups so much. It's because life is so much better together. It says so many times in the Bible that together as Christians, we are so much better. It's like, there's one verse in particular where it says like, one rope strand on its own is, is not very great, but as soon as you get two or three in there, it's so, so much stronger. And that, that's true. So we need to be okay with asking for help, not only from our peers, but most importantly from our God. So we need to recognize where we're at, we need to recognize his voice. We need to respond in action and faith. And we need to be okay with asking for help. And the thing is with asking for help too, I think a lot, of, a lot of the reason which holds us back from that is one, for some of us, it may be pride. I'm too good for help. I can't look weak. I can't look soft in front of my friends or in front of my family. I gotta look like I have it all together. 
Or two, it may be because you, feel, you don't wanna feel like a burden to somebody else. You don't wanna burden your friends. You don't wanna burden your church. You don't wanna burden God. That's kind of a wild one, because God can like do anything, like all powerful, all, all loving, all knowing. You're not gonna burden him. Um, but the thing is, is God loves you, he sees you, and he cares about you. And he's just looking for an invitation. I'll get Josh to come on up. We're gonna sing a song uh, tonight, and we, we already sang it. Uh, thanks, thanks for uh, acknowledging my request this week. Like I said, you give this guy a nickel, he'll play any song that you want. <laughs> Human jukebox. But the thing is, not only can we put ourselves in that tomb, not only can we see ourselves as Lazarus, but also we can see our dreams, our passions, our callings, our relationships, our vision, prophecy, our words of encouragement. There are callings put on our lives in, in little instantaneous moments that are just for, for a season, for a month, or for a lifetime. Whenever we think of calling, we often think of occupation. But uh, one of my favorite people who, who does this so well is Jeremy So. Is Jeremy here? Haha, <laughs> he's here. <laughs> um, this guy, I, I've known him for like, I guess too long now, hey? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've known Jeremy for a really long time, and he's always been the type of guy to literally give you the shirt off his back. My brother owns a pair of his shorts that are really cool and have camo and pocket holders from like 2014. But the thing that Jeremy does is I remember um, when he was a youth leader and I was a youth, and he talked about um, kind of calling and where God kind of felt he was called to. And he ended up going into the trades, which was really cool. And he's, he's really good at it. He's smart. He's uh, pretty good with a hammer, right? Yeah, okay. But more importantly, he has this call on his life, him and Emily, to, to do missions. And they have this occupation, which is so cool, but he's able to spread the word and the love of Jesus in his occupation to the peers and the friends around him. And on top of that, he's able to, to go on missions trips. You guys going to Uganda? They're going to Uganda in like May. They got back from Thailand in December? Yeah, that one. Uh, but God's gonna call you into things that aren't just directly an occupation, but they're things that you're gonna be able to succeed in, in th through your lives. God's gonna open up the right doors. He's gonna guide you down the right path, but would you let him? When Jesus is calling you, are you actually gonna listen? And the thing is with Lazarus being called out of that grave is not only was he being called out of something, not, all, not only are we just being called out of sin, but he was being called into the sunlight. He was being called into the freedom. He was being called into that fresh air. And the same thing goes for you guys. If you guys are, are stuck in an addiction, stuck in sin that's just holding you back, it's, it's so easy to just have that mindset of, I'm just gonna be stuck in this, I'm stuck here. I, I'm just gonna let it consume me. It's fine, this is my life, whatever. But not only can we see breakthrough from that, that sin, but he's calling us into a life which is so much greater. He's calling us into a life of freedom. He's calling us into a life of unconditional love. He's calling us into a life of grace. He's calling each and every single one of you to be the change that you wanna see. I love the fact that Jesus put diff puts different dreams, puts different callings on our hearts, puts different aspirations and, and relationships and visions and prophecy in our lives. And I think for a lot of us, we felt like we were waiting for the perfect time to come. Maybe we were called to something months, years ago, and we just put it in a tomb and we left it and we got so caught up in the go, go, go that we just left it there. But what if God was actually calling that back? 
What if he actually wanted to resurrect that calling? What if he actually wanted to resurrect that passion? What if he actually wanted to resurrect that dream, that vision that you had for your city, for your school, for your family members, for that relationship? And I honestly, I honestly believe with your heart right with God that you can and you will be the change that you wanna see. The thing is with with this young adults uh, service, I see so much potential in this room. I see future doctors, nurses, teachers, firefighters, policemen, whatever. But for what each and every single one of you guys can do for God, for the reach that you have, the extension that you have to this city, to even maybe Saskatchewan, is so much greater than we can do simply alone. So would we be reminded that we need to recognize God's voice, that we need to recognize where you're at, that we need to respond, and that we gotta be okay with asking for help. There's a community around around you that loves you, that cares about you. And would you guys actually stand with me right now? We're gonna take a second and we're gonna sing this song, More Than Able. And I love it because because of the line you are more than able it's a good song but who am I to deny what the Lord can do don't sell your life short for what this world expects of you but would you have the faith and take the action in knowing what God can be doing in your lives and what you can be doing for God And I highly encourage you to, in this moment, think of what's my tomb? What's getting in the way of me and Jesus? Who who can I ask for help in this season? Is it my friends? Is it God? Is it Coastline Church? So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for the dreams, the calling, and the passion that you put on so many of our lives and hearts. God, I thank you for the reach that we have in this city, in our schools, in our programs, and in our workplaces. God, I pray that right now that we would have the ears to listen, that we would have hearts like yours and eyes like yours, that God, that we would be listening, and Lord, that you would speak. Thank you, Jesus.